Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your co-host Hayward Evans and Eddie Ryan. Hayward, uh, I hope he's on the line. Hayward, are you on the line with us? Yeah. Okay, he was doing some work at a at a home, so he will be joining us sometime. He wasn't at his computer. But before we go to our first guest, I just have to extend a shout-out of condolence to uh, the Jordan family. Uh, uh, and the front page of the medium this week and the facts, you can see that uh, George uh, Jordan passed, passed away. He and his wife, Mrs. Uh, uh, Nettie Jordan, uh, opened uh, George's Drug and Grocery Center on East Cherry in 1964 and was there for over 35 years. He was an icon. Uh, my family, the Rye family on 30th Avenue, uh, grew up right across the street or down the street from the Jordan family. And I know the Rye children and uh, the Jordan children, uh, Glenda and Arlen, were friends of my brothers and sisters. So just wanted to give that shout out. He was definitely a community icon. My, my first guest is uh, State Senator Bob Hasegawa. Uh, Bob is in the 11th District. Uh, he is a stalwart member of the legislature. As a matter of fact, so much so that nobody I just would run against him. But anyway, uh, he is one of my favorite legislators because he is pursuing an endeavor that will help level the playing field in my community. And that's by having a state-owned bank to keep Washington State taxpayers' money in Washington State instead of rolling the dice with them on, on Wall Street. So, uh, Senator Bob, thank you very much for taking the time out today. And why don't you uh, give our uh, listeners an update on uh, where things are right now, because you recently had a town hall, and also we know that the University of Washington was also doing a study, as I can recall, going down a few years ago, testifying on behalf of your legislation. So uh, thanks, and give us an update, brother. Yeah, thanks, brother Eddie. Always a pleasure, man, to talk with you. So, uh, yeah, I understand uh, Hayward's at home bending nails or something, huh? So, anyway, um, yeah, this whole concept uh, came about after the Great Recession because, uh, you know, taxpayers ended up having to bail out all of these too big to fail banks. And we're saying, why should we let Wall Street, big banks, you know, use our tax dollars? And then we end up having to bail them out afterwards anyway, after they've misused our funds. So the whole concept is to keep control of our own tax dollars, keep it here in Washington State, and then we reinvest it back into our local communities, how we decide we want to invest that money. So right now is a pretty crucial time because, you know, with all of the, especially minority uh, businesses, but small businesses generally that really didn't have access to the PPP CARES money that the federal government put out. It was supposed to save small businesses, but very little of that actually went to the small businesses. It was also the big bank customers that were first in line. So um, this uh, will allow us to support our local businesses. And uh, there's some controversy in the Senate right now because there's some who, while they support a public bank, don't really want it to do things that directly help the community, like supporting small businesses or offering student loans and that kind of stuff. So we got to sort that out internally. But uh, we're pressing forward with it uh, regardless. So uh, where can uh, listeners go and get information about I know this is, you know, we don't have, uh, I know you could do a, a uh, a, a lecture on uh, the the history of the of the bank, but when was the legislation uh, submitted? Uh, what did the University of Washington do? Because it was sent over to the University of Washington for them to do some kind of analysis. So actually, what transpired during that time? Because that's been a couple of years now, right? Yeah, actually, we did, this thing has been studied to death. So we didn't actually ask the University of Washington to study it anymore. What we asked them to do was develop a business plan to implement it. And so they got kind of caught up in the politics of it, you know, because there's a lot of money out there that doesn't want to see this happen. And that power, that money that equals power behind the curtain, worked its match. Okay, go right ahead, Bob. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, Hayward's out there working away. Uh, bend the nails, like I said. So anyhow, you know, we, we th- this whole issue has been studied to death. We got a perfect working model out there called the Bank of North Dakota. It's the only state in the country. It's the only publicly owned bank anywhere in the United States. 
And uh, so I'm trying to emulate that as closely as possible. So uh, we asked the, the Evans School at the UW to develop a business plan to implement it, but they got caught up in all of this behind-the-curtain politics, and the business plan that they finally developed, which was actually a year late in coming, um, was not what we had asked for. So, in fact, it it was so off-mark that it didn't even let the state participate in its own bank that we were developing, which didn't like make any sense to me whatsoever. So um, we're, we're kind of starting from scratch from that perspective because we don't have the business plan that we had actually paid for. So um, we're going to be pushing forward regardless because right now we have no way to help us help the state and help our people get through this economic crisis that so many families are suffering from right now. You know, the only thing we can do is to generate new revenue is to, like, raise taxes, which you know that that's going to most adversely affect poor people and working families. Or we can sell more bonds, which actually we don't have the capacity to sell more bonds, let alone the capacity necessary to get us through this economic crisis. And that's pretty much it. You know, we can look at some of the tax breaks that we give to the big corporations and try and claw some of that money back if they're not actually benefiting the people and they're only benefiting corporations, then why should they be there to begin with? But still, we have to um, come up with new public financing capacity, and that's what the public bank will do. Well, i tell you one thing. Uh, Boeing got a huge, huge tax breaks, and now they're going to move to... Uh, I guess the dreamlander down to South Carolina. Uh, so uh, well, that was really a waste of hundreds of millions of dollars. Boy, you got that right. I, I voted against that, actually. It didn't make me popular amongst the, some of the folk out there, majority of the folk, because there was only four of us in the entire legislature that didn't support that. It was like there's 147 people in the whole legislature, and only four of us voted against it. Well, all I know is that uh, that one bank lobbyist sure had a lot of a lot of power. Uh, he was more uh, powerful than fifty or sixty people who were there in support of the of the legislation. So, Bob, let's go to another topic. Uh, right now, I have I'm real uneasy. Uh, too many people think that uh, the election is over and that they're looking at these polls and uh, thinking that well, you know. Uh, Biden's going to win anyway, so, uh, but, you know, there's more than Biden that's going to be on the ticket. So can you uh, talk a little briefly about uh, the importance of uh, participating from top to the, from the bottom of the ticket to the top? Yeah, well, you know, fundamentally, Trump is a fascist. I don't know what else you want to say about the guy. I mean, you know, Mussolini defined fascism as the merging of corporations and states. And that's what we're seeing happening over here. You know, I saw today that uh, Goldman Sachs, their quarterly profit doubled uh, in the last quarter. And in the meantime, unemployment rate has also doubled (laughs) since COVID started. So there are folks that are just uh, preying on poor people who are not able to find jobs and you know, the whole economy is geared up against working people. And if we continue with uh, this road that Trump has been going down and that whole administration, you know, we're going to end up totally controlled by the, the big corporations. So we got to draw the line here. It's more than it, just a, a person. You know, it's more than Biden. It's more than Harris, frankly. It's, it's about the people rising up and saying, we're tired of this. We ain't taking it no more. So... We got to change the direction. Well, Bob, before we uh, uh, go off, I just want to make sure that uh, in the upcoming legislative session, that you remember the Central District Community Preservation and Development Authority, also known as the McKinney Center, named uh, the DBA for their late Reverend Dr. Sammy Barry McKinney, who was responsible for having the building erected anyway uh, for the Seattle Opportunities Industrialization Center (SOIC). And that was the train specifically uh, for uh, African descendants of the United States enslaved, as well as other marginalized people, but specifically 
and anything that's meant for black people in this country has always kind of been put to the back burner. And so that's why we are, are very specific about saying African descendants of the United States enslaved. So, uh, Bob, I really like the job you're doing. Uh, anytime you have any event, praise, and you, now you also said that the information from the town hall meeting is working. Uh, listeners uh, find that and review it. Um, yeah, it's on my Facebook page. Uh, I also have it up on YouTube. Uh, I'll send you the links to that so you can put it up on your web page. And we also have a, uh, a Facebook page called Invest in Washington, Not Wall Street, where we're putting up news articles and that sort of thing regarding public banking. It's amazing that we have uh, members of the legislature that don't want the taxpayers' dollars to remain in Washington. I mean, that's kind of hard to understand unless it sounds a little like some, some Trumpism. Do you think? It sounds kind of peculiar that uh, our state elected officials don't want to keep uh, the Washington State taxpayers' dollars in Washington State. Yeah, well, you so know. Bob Hasegawa, go right ahead, sir. You know, it's really not a partisan issue because if you talk to some Republicans straight up, um, they'll agree that they think it's a good idea, but they'll never cross the party line to vote for it. That's the problem. So, anyway. Okay, hey, Eddie, okay then, Bob. Thanks really? very much, Senator Bob. We appreciate you, and, and we'll keep the listeners posted on that state bank. It's a good idea to make sure that we keep Washington State taxpayers' dollars in Washington State to deal with Washington State issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you, tell, sir. Tell Hayward not to bang his thumb. No, no, I'm I'm here. I'm wor I'm working on it. All right. Okay. Then. Thanks very much. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Uh, our next guest is uh, uh, NAACP Area Conference President Gerald Hankerson. Uh, area conferences in uh, Washington, Alaska, and Oregon. And uh, Gerald hasn't been on in a minute, but we got some activities going up. A lot of things are not going right. And as usual, we rely on the NAACP. Uh, to take the lead in fighting for civil rights and justice for our people. So, uh, President Hankerson, thank you very much for joining us today. Give us an update on what the latest hot-button issues are. Well, right now, thank you, Eddie, first of all, for having me on here. Uh, obviously, you know, there's a lot of things going on in society, particularly with this in today's climate. But the issue that we're pleased about the most is Seattle School District and its superintendent, uh, Denise Juno who has continued to fail our kids in our community. But ever since we brought her here and supported her being the next superintendent of Seattle Public School, she has done nothing but continues to disrespect our community, our African-American leaders who were actually employed by Seattle School District who are now gone. And obviously we're calling on the board that it's time to make a move against uh, Ms. Juno to remove her as superintendent of Seattle Public Schools because we cannot continue to have this fight every year to digress each year when it comes to race. So we're going to be coming after Seattle School District to make some decisions when it comes to Seattle Superintendent uh, Denise Juno. So uh, right now I've seen a series of articles in the Seattle Media Op-Ed page by Clyde uh, Merriweather bringing out some very specific issues. And, you know, we go back and look at the fact that uh, this whole attack on uh, black males in the district who were in leadership positions. We consistently talk about us having role, black male role models. And the fact is, is that there was a black male hired to be over the black uh, male achievement program for the Seattle School District. Uh, we've had, I don't know how many, but I'd like to put their pictures up on Facebook. But we've had uh, uh, Brent Jones, uh, Dr. Brent Jones forced out. We've had uh, 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 Garfield, very popular Garfield's uh, principal, Ted Howard wasn't asked to stay. Uh, the chief academic officer, I don't know his name. He's not a superintendent of schools in, in Tuckwilla. And uh, 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 Ted Howard's going to be the chief academic officer out there. Eric McCurdy. The, and all these folks have been kind of replaced with women. I mean, I have nothing against black women. But there's a pattern here. And I, it's nothing, as far as I'm concerned, nothing but sexism and racism being perpetrated by Denise Juno, the superintendent of Seattle Public Schools. But go right ahead. President Hankerson? Absolutely right. You know, these are brothers and sisters that have been a part of the Seattle School District that's been there for many years to address the systemic racism that exists throughout the Seattle School District. And for the past five years, we have made some gains 
uh, to in order to get our folks in there. But as soon as she come along, notwithstanding the fact she came from a district that was already under DOJ's investigation for racism and sexism back when she came from Montana. But we at the NWCP, we are sick and tired of fighting the same old people to do this, the right thing when it comes to our kids. And by eliminating the black leadership out there, also others here at a public school, prevent our kids from being able to see the folks that look like them within the district. So she obviously has her own agenda, and just like we have our own. And we don't appreciate the fact that we got to fight tooth and nails every year when it comes to achievement for our black kids, only to be fighting against the very same system that we put in place supposed to address systemic racism. Ethnic studies, we're sick and tired of the resistance that's going on with Seattle School District under Juno to address something that we championed five years ago. So it's been nothing but more of the same continuously. And it also proves just because you're my color, don't make you my kind. So obviously we've got to seriously address our NWC Youth Council that she selected to be a part of her board to address these issues recently quit because they do not see that Superintendent Juno was there to represent not only the black kids, but the black community, which I don't feel like she personally respects. So we're going to be moving to Seattle School District coming soon to make some demands because we are tired of fighting the same old fight we should have championed years ago. So at, at, at this juncture, is there any action being planned to uh, voice your uh, discontent with the superintendent? Because, you know, you can Zoom all day, but like the saying goes, long if you're out of sight, you're out of mind. So is there anything visible being planned to express your outrage with her? Oh, yes, there is definitely something being planned. Stay tuned. You'll be notified as soon as we do. But I will remind you that we have made several attempts to meet with Superintendent Juno for the past two years, and she declined them all, which indicates to me that she don't have no respect for the addressing our community when it comes to our concerns. So, yes, there is some actions being planned. Stay tuned. We'll be, we'll be notified when those actions do occur. But we want to make sure that the school district knows that we're tired of fighting the same old battles when it comes to race. And just because you bring someone here from out of state to address our systemic issues, that we're going backwards. That is unacceptable when it comes to the NWCP. So you will know soon when it happens. I want to see if uh, Hayward joined. Hey, do you have any questions or comments for uh, President Hankerson? Yeah, uh, Gerald, first, thank you for being here today. You know, uh, she didn't respond to you over the last year about having a meeting, the superintendent? Yeah, yeah. One, uh, the, the, the end of my tenure, that's when I was Seattle King County president that she was supposed to be came and met with us in December. She declined, uh, even though at the last minute she never even, she was a no-show. And then we reached out a couple of weeks later to invite her to attend. She said she's not willing to come right now. And then the third time we made a request, she's going to send one of her affiliates to come meet with us when she was afraid to come meet with the black leaders in the community, in my opinion. And after many attempts to try to meet with her to have these discussions, she have always found herself unavailable to meet with us, which indicates to me she is not ready to face the consequence of the issue that we're going to raise. And so now that we've seen that there's no effort on her part to come and sit down with our community to discuss these issues, which means she clearly doesn't care about them. And so because she don't care about our community, or not, not to mention she, I don't think she even care about our kids, so we're going to be calling on the school board to not only remove her, I mean, not only to not extend our contract, but we cannot continue to go down this slide slope when it comes to addressing this issue, specifically when she's not willing to meet with the community leaders when it comes to this issue. Yeah, hey, we're from, mute, hey, we're mute your phone when you're not on the air, man. There's a lot of background noise. Okay, I just want to ask Gerald, from a numbers perspective, how are the children doing in terms of addressing that disparity gap in educational achievement? We have 25 students called the NYC, the NWU Council, that was selected by her to sit on her board at the school district to address these very concerns. And just simply out of frustration and a lack of effort to address all the things that our youth have brought to her attention, they decided to actually step, step aside and step down because they don't just want to be a scapegoat or just someone look good on a brochure to amplify and make it seem like she's doing something for them. So they decided to resign and step aside because they didn't, they didn't see her vision, which means that she have no intentions of addressing those achievement gaps when it comes to our youth. They're going to have a lot to say coming up within the next couple of weeks as well. So just stay tuned. You'll see what the data and the information that we're going to be revealing to the public when it comes to Superintendent Juno as leadership of Seattle Public Schools. Now, uh, uh, Gerald, I understand that there, there are some other issues. We'll have another person on with, uh, from the, from the uh, uh, Urban Native Education Alliance, Sarah Sense Wilson. 
they have some serious issues as well. So, you know, GSK say that it's just a, a black thing, but it's still a sexist and a racist thing, even against your own people. So, uh, now, so, uh, yeah, we can't wait to hear what the next move's going to be. So uh, please let us know as soon as you can and hope it'll be real no, no. soon because I, I understand that there are some surrogates uh, going out right now trying to make sure that her contract's extended. Yeah, I'm sure they are. So I'm sure she's been smart enough to go get a bunch of gatekeepers to contact other folks in our community, but not willing to sit down and actually meet with us and discuss what that looks like so she can no longer continue to hide behind her gatekeepers that's going to come out to support, asking our help to support her, but she's not going to support our kids. But notwithstanding the fact that we're going to be coming to Seattle School District soon to address these concerns, and obviously that we're going to make some demands because we cannot continue to go on this pattern. So you will be hearing from me within the next 48 hours on what our plan is, Mr. Wright. All right. We appreciate it. We're definitely going to get it out. So I know it's going to be on Facebook and everywhere else so people can understand what's happening. So, okay, then I look forward for, for that date, sir. And thank you very much, uh, President Hankerson. Look forward to hearing from you you and the NAACP real soon. We need our civil rights organization to advocate for our our rights, and I'm glad you're doing that. Everybody needs to join the NAACP because they fight for your rights. And when people call me and say, I've been discriminated against, I said, you remember the NAACP? Join the NAACP, go online and join. For the $30, how much are your rights, somebody to protect your rights? What is it worth? How How much is it worth? You can't pay $30 to have somebody defend your rights and be able to fight for you for justice, for equality. Now, come on now. Y'all get up off and, and what is the website for the, uh, for the, uh, uh, jo- the membership, uh, President? Uh, it, 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 it's Seattle King County, NWCP.org, or you can go to NWCPAOWSAC.org. It comes directly up in your URL. Easy to find. Okay. All right, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Okay. okay. We're going to take a break and come back with our next guest after this. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Organic, free range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk 1150. All right, hey, what happened? And Eddie Wright back at Urban Forum Northwest. Uh, before we get our next guest, I want to give a shout out to the people that make it possible for Urban Forum Northwest. The Sound Transit Small Business, uh, uh, Small Labor Relations and Civil Rights Office, the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services Office, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, Concourse Concession, and SeaTac Bar Group LLC. The brothers out at SeaTac Airport waiting for the business to pick back up. Stephanie Yoga from Solstice Media does our, our website, and I want to just say that on the front page of the Medium, uh, we see where hackers have disrupted a public meeting with racial slurs and hate-filled rhetoric. 
and this was a, a town hall meeting, uh, a Zoom meeting uh, that Councilmember Gurmay Sahali had hosted. And also on Tuesday is the 20th, uh, the medium is joining forces with leading black newspapers to host a live event. Uh, we've tried to get Angela Rye to be the MC, but I think she had another commitment. But I think you guys need to pick this up and do whatever you do, make sure you vote, make sure your vote counts, make sure you vote early. So uh, the other thing that's happening is that we will have uh, the Martin Luther King uh, Commemoration Committee website up uh, not uh, uh, occupied with uh, updates real soon. And uh, we'll be uh, having photos of the people who received awards uh, in the, uh, the 57th anniversary of the 1963 March on Washington on August 28th. That was done down at the studios of Converge Media. And uh, as soon as that's up, uh, we'll be able to take the next step. So, okay, let's go to Kirsten. We'll do that later. Uh, Kirsten, uh, Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest. I sent you Kirsten Harris Talley. First of all, let people know that uh, she is a candidate for the 37th Legislative District position number two, and uh, she has an outstanding resume and want to welcome you to Urban Forum Northwest. I sent you some information. Our listening audience is concerned about affirmative action, Black Lives Matter, uh, reparations, but I want you to take two minutes and just uh, let our listeners know who you are and a little bit about your background, because it is, it is extensive. Wonderful. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Rye, for having me. Thank you for connecting to your audience around these important issues. I agree and am excited to chat. As you noted, I'm running for state representative in the 37th Legislative District for position two. I am proud to have answered the call of my neighbors in doing that. I'm a 20-year advocate in abolition, reproductive justice, and economic equity. I am really proud to have been one of the founding partners of the Black and Tan Hall in Hillman City. I own a small business. I just left being the executive director of NARAL Pro-Choice Washington, fighting for reproductive rights at the state level. And I'm also a black queer woman who's a PTA mom. I have two children in public schools here in Seattle, a fourth grader and kindergartner. So am, you know, weathering like many families this moment of what the pandemic and what that brought in this moment of pause and reflection for all of us, and also what it is to have had the Black Lives Matter movement finally get the attention it has deserved from the beginning around what equity is going to look like um, as we rebuild our economy and respond to this moment. I'm really proud of the community campaign we've built. We're a unique campaign. We have a 50-member youth team of organizers. I have an amazing team who's been connecting with grassroots organizations, activists, and community leaders. And we're also a unique campaign because we are standing with our neighbors and not accepting corporate PAC dollars, fossil fuel dollars, or police union dollars because we believe the way we run this campaign shows who we're accountable to and the way that we're going to continue to show up on the other side of Election Day for good governance moving forward. I want to ask you, uh, in terms of your priority, your legislative agenda and your priorities for the 37th District and the state of Washington, uh, why don't you expand on that for a while? Absolutely. So one of the biggest priorities that's really come to bear as we respond to COVID is that we have the most upside-down tax system in the entire country. We come in dead last, number 50, when it comes to revenue equity. What that means is that we have been under-investing and divesting from systems of care for far too long in Washington State. And I bring that up because every issue that we want to champion for our neighbors and with our neighbors here in the 37th is going to require government to respond with investment for working families and our neighbors, um, particularly now because so many neighbors are hurting. So I want to make sure that we address progressive taxation like closing capital gains loopholes, holding corporations accountable for the millions and billions that they make here to pay into supporting the people who are the workers for those organizations, and also to make sure that we start addressing what we need to really talk about, which is an income tax in our state. Our lack of income tax has meant while other states are giving twenty-two dollars to $25,000 per student in public education, we're spending only $11,000. That's just one of many examples. Furthermore, in Washington State, while we're a progressive state, when you look around equity of income or race, ethnicity, we are not progressive on a lot of fronts. And we have a lot to do, to do around racial equity. 
I want to address our inequity in our judicial and incarceration system. We have a lot at the state level to get right around bail and legal financial obligations. But I also want us to start investing wholly in families and communities, which means we need universal health care. We need universal child care from preschool through college. We need to make sure folks can go to college and not worry about tuition being a barrier. And we need to rebuild our economy with a Green New Deal so that as people get back to work after this moment, we can have jobs that heal our planet and communities at the same time. In terms of, uh, you talk about equity, uh, in terms of affirmative action, how would you go about, uh, and you know, we've had Representative Sharon Tomiko Santos, who is also running for position one, uh, has had legislation before the committee uh, in 2017 and 2018, and another Democrat killed uh, the, uh, the uh, legislation to repeal, to reinstate affirmative action in Washington state. Yeah. Affirmative action has been absent in this state since 1998. And I just want to know yeah. uh, what are, what are your plans to get it restored? Cause the African-Americans are suffering uh, in terms of contractual opportunities. Uh, I mean, I, our participation is minuscule. I just want to know what would you do to, to make sure that we have an equal shot at participation? I am, 100% behind affirmative action. It was wholly disheartening to find that after everything that you just explained, when we had an opportunity with Initiative 1000 as voters to make right what the legislature could not, that we came short of realizing that. As you noted, we've been in this crisis around what equity in everything from contracting with governance to community uh, prioritization for funding, a whole spectrum of pieces in which government is one of the largest institutions and largest employers in the state. And where our government dollars go is about the values and moral obligation that we have to our communities. And to your point, affirmative action is anyone. Kirsten, I just want to make sure that people understand it wasn't a Republican that killed the legislation in 2017 and 2018. It was a black Democrat. OK, I just want to Correct. make sure that's on the record. It was not a Republican. It didn't get out of Sharon Santos's bill, did not get out of the House, that, that committee, because of a Democrat that voted against it. I don't know what was going on, but that happened. But look, we got about two more two minutes uh, and uh, if we have time before the election. We'd like to have you back on, but why don't you go ahead and summarize why people should, uh, when they drop their, their ballot in, they should have uh, your name checked off. Yeah, so, um, and to your point, right, we can't be thinking right, left. We need to think from the bottom to the top how we're going to show up for folks. And the reason that I'm really proud to have answered the call from my neighbors is because we're building the coalition now for good governance when we hit the ground running. I had the opportunity to be an interim Seattle City Council member for 51 days in 2017, and the way I did really good and a huge amount of work then was to make sure I had relationship with the decision makers there and was bringing community and our, and our voice to power um, to those halls. And that's what we're going to do now. We're building an accountability council. We're making sure that we have those who are most impacted at the center of the conversations. So we're thinking through what committee assignments, what's it going to look like to show up, and what will be our policy priorities now. And the reason I think I'm a unique candidate is because I have 20 years of experience doing this community work and know how the policies and the caucuses work. And to your point, the Democrats have had power in the legislature a long time, and it's fine, time for us to be bold and use that advantage to make bold change for our neighbors immediately. Well, uh, Kirsten, we certainly do appreciate your time today and uh, wish you the best uh, in the future. If, there, uh, if people want to get information on your campaign, where can they go? Check us out at electkht.org. You can also join us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and I'm dancing it up with our youth team on TikTok, also at electkht. Would love to have okay. you all join us. I just want to give me a yes or no on this. Do you support... Uh, a state-owned bank, a Washington Investment Trust Bank? Absolutely, because we need that $200 billion of investment power we could have to invest in our communities and have public infrastructure that meets our needs. Okay, Kirsten, thank you very much. Be well. Bye. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, our, our next guest is uh, Sarah Sense Wilson. Uh, she is... Uh, co-founder and executive director of the Urban Native uh, Education Alliance, UNEA. And she has been uh, active uh, dealing with uh, uh, issues involving some of the Native students uh, within the Seattle School District. And Sarah, so welcome once again to uh, Urban Forum Northwest with Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. And why don't you just go ahead and let us know how things stand right now with uh, UNEA and the school district. 
Sure. And, and thank you so kindly, Eddie Rye, for inviting me back to the Urban Forum Northwest. I truly appreciate it. Um, I would love to give an update. And we do have a letter that we composed and that we plan on delivering that I want to share. And I want to just first start with, um, yes, I'm Sarah Sense Wilson. I'm Ogallala, Lakota, I'm co-founder and chair for the Urban Native Education Alliance. Uh, UNEA is a 501c3 native-led, volunteer-based, youth-centered organization grounded in cultural values and principles of integrity, interconnectedness, service, and inclusion. So I would like to share the letter that we will be presenting at the school board meeting on Wednesday, the 21st. So the letter goes as is. Um, the Urban Native Education Alliance has been asked to appeal to each of you regarding the superintendent's contract extension. UNEA is a 501c3 native-led grassroots volunteer-based student-centered organization. Our mission is to engage all generations to serve and empower Native youth through education, culture, and tradition. Our organization is over 12 years old and rooted generationally in Seattle community. While our formal Seattle Public School Partnership Agreement was severed over a year ago, UNEA has survived and continues to serve Seattle Public School students, families, and community. Our relational commitment is not to Seattle Public Schools, but to our shared students and families. We do not represent all Native families, just as each of you, meaning the school board members, may not represent all social, racial, economic, or political views and experiences and lifestyles of your constituents. I hope each of you has the ethical and moral constitution to be objective and lay down personal and political agendas and objectively and critically analyze the impact of decision-making by your current district leadership. The district leadership appears to be more interested in running a public image campaign than it is in serving our families of color. The, optic, uh, the optics serve to distort truths and hide facts and the lived experiences of our students furthest from the educational justice. I want to specifically at this time address Indian education and Native student achievement. We are outlining a series of missed opportunities and district leadership failures with an emphasis on facts. So number one, reports of Title VI Indian education, election, voter suppression, and creation of unnecessary barriers for our eligible family participants. Number two, Native student data in multiple performance measures show no or little improvement despite a record low count of Title VI enrolled students. Number three, staggering attrition rates due to factors including special education, students not receiving legally required services, students experiencing disenfranchisement, and disproportionate disciplinary practices. Number four, lack of partnerships with culturally responsive educational programs and services. Number five, <clears throat> the relocation of Licton Springs K-8 Native-focused alternative option school to a remote neighborhood in Ballard and without any community engagement or participation in that decision. Number six, stripping Licton Springs School of the native focus approach and removing the students and staff from a culturally valued place of learning and severing those cultural connections at the Robert Eagle staff site. Number seven, Seattle Public Schools ongoing resistance to sharing valuable resources and unique delivery of culturally 
relevant support services to our Indian students. Number eight, apparent lack of accountability at all levels of Indian education and Title VI. Seattle Public Schools has refused to conduct an external audit despite reports of data manipulation and fabricating and inflating success. The last report provided by Hattusida was incredibly brief and anemic. Incomplete and lack data for illuminating the problems we see and hear about from Native families. Also noted, no, no one from the Seattle Public Sarah, Schools. so uh, this will be presented on a Wednesday? Yes. Conveys agreement or either agreement or apathy with the current rate of decision making around our in urban Indian community, our students. And the district continues to be unwilling to cooperate or engage in any family community resolution to the ongoing polarizing leadership at all levels of Indian education. Um, <clears throat> Seattle schools had two one-hour listening sessions in the last six months with no follow-up, no notes, no, no indication of responsiveness to the concerns raised. Uh, ultimately, we are 100% in agreement with the NAACP and other CBOs calling for a change in district leadership. So we do not support the district-appointed leadership. We do not support the rigged white supremacy system or the institutional policies and practices and ethos being, protect, being protected and upheld by the elected school board officials. The past two years have been marked by missed opportunities, attrition warfare, intentional neglect and negligence, exacerbating the crisis in Indian education. We are literally bearing witness to one of the largest historical missed opportunities in education our generation has ever witnessed. So we urge Seattle Public School elected officials to be brave, bold, fearless, with advocate, advancing our collective grassroots voices. So sharing power is one of the greatest acts of social justice and elite towards equity in education. So we, you know, as a, as a collective, you know, we're driven to see changes in the Seattle Public School. We've been reimagining education for decades and decades, decolonizing and indigenizing starts with sharing power and participatory decision-making with the community. And ultimately, Eddie, it's our communities of color who shoulder the grief, struggle, and the pain of educational injustice. So those are the words that I plan to share with the Seattle Public School Board and, and the letter representing UNEA. Didn't you have a 100% graduation rate? UNEA, our, our youth programs have 100% graduation of, of youth that participate on a regular basis, yes. I'm we sorry, I, I, I accidentally dis disconnected myself. But look, uh, Sarah? Yes. Uh, is there any way that we can have copies of, are you going to post uh, those letters and those demands uh, in social media so that we can have people uh, see exactly uh, what the issues are and so they'll know what yes. to support? Okay. Yeah, we, de yeah, we definitely will. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll post it on our Facebook and we will be sending it out, email. We can include, okay. we'll, we'll be including okay. Peter well, Green. We, we, Okay, we got uh, we got uh, uh, the president of the NAACP on hold, so I'll be in touch with you a little okay, later on this great. afternoon. Thank so you. thanks very much for all the work you're doing. Okay, thank, thank you. Thank you so kindly. Okay, so Eric, we're going to take a break and then come back with uh, Carolyn Riley Payne. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend Port Gen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.com. 
Org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. On the path to good health and well being, Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. All right. Hey, whatever's in Eddie Ride back at Urban Forum, Lois West, with our our leader, the president of the Seattle King County branch of the NAACP, Carolyn Riley Payne. And they've been doing a whole lot of work, voter registration stuff going on, getting involved, advocating for the students, Seattle Public Schools. So uh, Carolyn Riley Payne, Madam President, give us an update on what the NAACP is doing. And hello there, uh, Eddie and uh, uh, Hayward. Well, we have been very busy, as you said. We have uh, we are moving and um, making sure that the community is up to date on what's going on in COVID with COVID nine we, uh, and voter registration, big voter registration, and we had a political forum, um, informational forum, so you'll know who to vote for. Uh, we've had uh, legislative uh, districts come out, and they had uh, not a debate but uh, discussions about with their candidates. Uh, we had a, um, the judges come out, and uh, it was wonderful. We have been, we've given out over 5,000 masks uh, over the last few weeks, trying to get people to wear masks, make sure that nobody has an excuse for not having one, uh, and making sure that our seniors have them. Uh, and in addition to, to doing that, We've, been, we've registered people to vote at four or five places in the city. Last weekend, we were at Rainier Beach, um, not Rainier Beach, Rain, uh, in Renton, the Safeway in Renton. Uh, we've been in Tukwila next week. Uh, this coming weekend, we'll be up at the Northwest Car Black Coffee shop that opened up and that they had a little fire um, bombing last a uh, couple of weeks ago. So we are everywhere that we can go uh, in King County getting the word out that it's time now to uh, register to vote. It's not too late. Today is the last day for the census, to register for the census, because as we ask people, have you registered? We ask you, have you filled out your census? Because we also know that we need to be counted in that, because that impacts the money that uh, we have access to in the city. So um, well, what else do you want me to say, tell you about? We're having um, an election ourselves, um, This and uh, in, if you're interested in running for an office and you've been a member for 30 days, we invite you to join us on uh, next Monday night uh, and uh, put your name in the hat to run for an op- for office. Uh, it is time for us to, we're starting our, uh, making sure people get their ballots in as soon as they get the ballots. We're now going to switch from registering people to vote, um, although we'll still be doing that uh, forever, because that's what we do. We always want you to be ready. Uh, but we will uh, uh, be telling you, making sure that you understand the importance of getting your ballot in the mail and where you can go. So we've been concentrating on getting getting the word out, educating the community, um, getting volunteers to come in and help us um, do what we do. Okay, uh, I, I want, just want to. Uh, why don't you give our folks information on how they can go and jo- and pay and join the NAACP right now online, and then hey, right. we have a question or comment. Okay, then you uh, go to Seattle King County, 
NAACP.org. Click, click on membership, and you become a member immediately. Once you pay your $30 uh, to, uh, for membership or your uh, $750 for a life membership or $75 to, su- to subscribe a life. So this is the only organization you know that it, to become a life member it takes you 10 years and you can pay $75 and become a lifetime member. So uh, NAACP, uh, Seattle King County, NAACP.org is how you join the NAACP. And it's also how you get in touch with us. Uh, go on our website. We have uh, uh, lots of information about what we're doing. We have events. We have, uh, we're getting lots of complaints still. Uh, people are still having issues, and they're still coming to us, a volunteer organization, by the way, to, um, to help them solve the, the, those initial pro- issues. So this is your organization, so come and be a part of it. That's right. Pay your dues. I want to see if Hayward has any uh, questions or comments before we have to close out. Well, you know, Madam President, first, you know, people need to understand that even you've been with NAACP for over 40 years. Is that correct? <laughs> Thank you, Hayward, for reminding you and Eddie are very good about reminding me that of that. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I was um, going to ask you about AXO. You've been so successful in highlighting our talent here locally and around the nation. Uh, when is the, is there going to be an AXO program this year? There is going to be an AXO program this year. Uh, AXO stands for the Academic, Cultural, Technological, and Scientific Olympics. We call it the Olympics of the Mind. And it is going to be virtual. It was virtual this year. We had a, um, uh, we had a student that competed, but this year we are already starting to get the, trying to get our platform in order trying, and recruiting students uh, to start uh, getting ready to compete. Uh, for the national competition. So, yes, it is uh, uh, 32 categories in the STEM, the vocal, uh, contemporary, the visual arts, humanities. And, and I, like I tell students, everybody has a story to tell, so you can write a story. So don't say you don't have any talent. Don't say you can't do anything um, because you can. We have had thousands of students come through our program, and we have uh, in the last Three years, uh, I think we've had three winners or four winners, and it's very difficult to do because there's only three ca- uh, three medals, gold, silver, and bronze, in each category. Nation. Well, I just want to say that, uh, hey, what we have, well, we got Carolyn Riley Payne got to be one of the judges, and she can recruit other judges who work with Axel for the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee Arts Contest. So we'll be getting you the information, Carolyn. We need you to be on the, the committee to uh, help uh, us organize this thing. And so we're out of time today, but I appreciate everything that you're doing. And we will definitely be in touch about uh, getting you to assist us in this endeavor. It's going to be something to do because we're going to be stuck with with COVID for the next uh, year. I I believe that right now. Folks are canceling Thanksgiving plans already. And Christmas is on the chopping block right now in terms of mass gatherings. So I want to thank you very much, my sister. And. Everybody go online and join the NAACP. And hey, whatever is Eddie Rye are out of time for the day. We'll be with you again next Thursday. And might see you at the protest, Madam President. <laughs>